Hello, and welcome to the Art of Selling Online Courses. We're here to share winning strategies and secret hacks from top performers in the online course industry. My name is John Ainsworth, and today's guest is Benji Travis. With his wife, Judy, he's amassed over 1 billion views on YouTube, gained over 4 million subscribers on their combined channels, and created a seven-figure influencer business. With over a decade of experience, Benji's the co-author of the best-selling book, YouTube Secrets. The second edition is now out and worked with creators to build a more profitable creator business. He's coached some of the most influential creators on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Today, we're going to be talking about why to grow a YouTube channel, whether you're just getting started or you've already got an audience, how to grow your YouTube channel, and how to monetize without looking like a salesperson. So, Benji, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Excited to be here. Excited to dive into this topic of YouTube. Nice. So is YouTube a good place for course creators? Well, absolutely. I mean, number one, people are using YouTube for everything, um, whatever those needs are. And obviously, if somebody needs help with something and they're going to this platform to seek that help, if you've got a course, you better believe that's the place you want to be promoting it. So I believe that this is the most powerful platform, even more powerful than Google because Google is very static. But even if it is the number one search engine, it's promoting the second biggest search engine, which is YouTube. It's much more dynamic and better for building relationships. So if you haven't started, I would uh, advise you, especially if you're trying to sell courses, to start your channel and uploading content. The other thing I think with YouTube is a really interesting combination there is People who are watching videos about how to solve some problem are the kind of people who are more likely to buy courses, which is videos about how to solve something. It's like there's a really good, I can't believe I'm going to say the word synergy. What's there's got to be a better word that's less <laughs> than that. <laughs> well, it's it's just logical because if you're, you're, you know, this is the one thing about selling anything. Nobody wants to, you know, have that door knocked or that phone ringing. So YouTube, they're coming to you. And if you're an expert at something, you've got a lot of experience, uh, you know how to present the information that people are seeking, and you prove yourself to not only be that person of authority, but also you're helping them. Well, if you've got a course, people are going to be intrigued and interested. And that's why free, free, free is the philosophy on YouTube, I say, when it comes to just any content. Um, rather than putting everything behind a paywall, because I mean, John, I know from your own experiences, you probably have never like expected to pull out your credit card when you go to YouTube. You just want to get the answers that you're seeking and that's it. But that is really the beginning of that journey to get to the place where you can potentially pitch them whatever your product is. So um, absolutely, I think the synergy is the right word. <laughs> We're going to allow it this time. All right. So what if someone's got an audience somewhere else? What if they've already got an Instagram following and they're not on YouTube or they've not really, they've got only a tiny YouTube channel. Is it worth then going, right, I'm also going to focus on growing the YouTube channel? Or do you sometimes say to people, you know what, if you're crushing on Instagram, just stick with that. Well, you know, the question is, why are you even considering YouTube? The thing is, if you've got an audience anywhere, right, you you can start that relationship. You can create that journey or the funnel, as we say, in the marketing world and then sell a product. But the reason everybody's concerning YouTube is because they know in the back of their head, 
that is the platform. One of the things about YouTube videos are they are evergreen. So if you create a piece of video, right, that is helpful today, years down the road, it can still get views versus Instagram and many other platforms those pieces of content are dead in the water. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the hamster wheel of death, you know, for a lot of creators, they get burnt out. With YouTube, you truly can create something that will continue to drive traffic to whatever it is that you're wanting to, you know, get people to go to for years and years. I've had videos and even interviews, funny enough. So it doesn't take a lot of editing or anything masterful that still get views today that I recorded a years ago and are selling products that I have to sell, including my book without any extra work. And so this is what inherently people understand as well as YouTube has proven to be king of the heap. Obviously, TikTok is very competitive. Um, Instagram, Facebook, they got into the video game. You know, they also want to dominate in that space. But YouTube is just the best because when you want to search something, everybody knows where do you go to search? Google, right? Well, these days, I, I would argue more people want to search on YouTube for things because the visual is so important. And that is powerful because YouTube has not lost that. And I would argue will keep that space in people's minds for years to come. And so that's why. And so to answer your question about uh, should you start a YouTube channel? Absolutely. The one thing I would say that's different than years back is rather than driving people from your Instagram to your YouTube, I would build your YouTube channel to build an audience on YouTube. You know, I always suggest to people, hey, tell people about your YouTube channel. But if you're already on Instagram, you're on another app, number one, you're not going on that app to go to YouTube, right? You're going on the app because there's things on that app that you want to consume. And secondly, the platforms don't necessarily want to promote that. Years ago was much more friendly where apps would pop up when you click on this link, but there's more walls more than ever because they want to keep you on the platform. So the thing about YouTube is not only do they also want to keep you on the platform, everyone's already there. So if you've got an Instagram app on your phone, you probably have YouTube and you just have to reverse engineer the whole process of YouTube to reach your audience that you already have, but two, just reach the audience that needs your help or wants to consume the content you're creating. All right. So if someone's listening and they've thought, cool, YouTube's a good place for course creators. I've got an audience somewhere else and I'm thinking of growing on YouTube or they've already got a YouTube channel. They're already working away there, but they'd like to grow it bigger. How can they go about growing their YouTube channel? What's like, what's some of the tips that people need to be thinking about? Well, it's very, very simple. I always say, use your own experience going on YouTube as a starting point. Everyone that uses YouTube has a way they search for content. And it's typically going to be the same way other people are. And if it's not, you're going to find out real quick what is the way. And so when you pop open your YouTube, ask yourself, what is it that I click on? Do I let the algorithm just suggest videos? And do I click on a video? Why do I click on that video? Or do I go to YouTube, which I'm sure some people do both of these things? Do I go to YouTube and search for something in the search bar. If you do this, look at the videos that are popping up both from the algorithm as well as your search query. So that's going to tell you a lot. Remember, YouTube's number one goal is to keep you on the platform as long as possible. So if you do a search and the first three to five videos pop up, 
there's a reason YouTube is suggesting that. Not only is it the videos that they think you want to watch or that you need based off of your search, but it's also the videos that are going to keep you on the platform. So this is the thing. You know, I have a book called YouTube Secrets. Um, there's plenty of amazing courses out there. A lot of creators that coach you on your YouTube channel, but all the answers are right there. And you start watching these videos and ask yourself, why is it that this video is ranking? What is the title? What is the thumbnail? Once you do that, you do the second thing, which is think about, okay, how can I help somebody that's going through this process? What am I an expert at? If you're already at the point where you're creating a course, you already know what that is. And reverse engineer that whole process. What is the first thing they're searching for if they're looking for content that might lead to your course? For example, right? Say you want to become a barista. Barista being like somebody that makes coffee, right? Maybe you're starting an espresso stand. Maybe you're you're gonna work at Starbucks, and you just want to brush up on your espresso making skills. Which, by the way, I just drink some right now, so I do this all the time. I'm like how to make the best espresso. Say you're somebody that knows how to coach people on how to make the perfect espresso. You're not necessarily putting all your information out there. Just put one small little tip that you know people are searching for and make a video on it. And if you do that enough and you create a library and people find out through watching your videos that you have a course about how to make better espresso, that is the beginning of everything. And so I always say, keep it to bite-sized pieces at the very beginning and do that. So number one, Think about how people are using YouTube and what's the process of finding the content they want. What are the videos that are showing up and ranking on YouTube? And then secondly, how to reverse engineer it based off of the content you want to create to get them to your course. Got it. Keep okay. it simple too. Keep it short. Obviously, you can make these longer videos and people are creating long videos. But at the beginning, if you're just starting out and sometimes seasoned creators need to reset, a lot of people like their answers short and sweet. What kind of length are you talking about there when you say short and sweet? Of course, one of the number one questions people ask me, make it as long as it's needed to be. So you don't make it too long, but you don't make it too short. If you have to make a video three, five, six minutes to answer the question people have on whatever that topic is, and it needs to be that long because that's going to be better than the other answers out there on YouTube, make it three, five, or six minutes. My wife is famous and she does all the editing for our vlogs, which can be 10, 15, 20 minutes. But when I make content, sometimes she's like, oh, that, that can be cut in half. Oh, you don't, you, you don't need it to be three minutes. It could be literally one minute. And so you just have to make that decision. And what, what the goal is not how long the video should be. How do I make a video that's better than all the other videos around this search term? If you do that and you gradually get better and better and better over time, it's only logical that people are going to want to watch your content. Because John, let me ask you this. When you go to YouTube, do you want like the 10th best video or the 100th best video? Or do you want the number one best video for the question or need that you have on YouTube? I want the best video, Benji, and I want it now. Come on. There you go. And so, of course, <laughs> the question is, well, how do I make the best video? 
depends on where you're starting at. If you're just starting out day number one, it's going to take you a while to, you know, gain that experience and go there. You're sometimes competing against creators that have been doing this for 10 years. So give yourself a little bit uh, of grace, be patient and know that you have to learn these skills. But I believe it's not as hard as you think, especially with how quickly YouTube is growing and how many I'd say nuances people have in their own life for the different needs that they have. And how about coming up with video ideas? Are you recommending to people start with looking at what is it that people are searching for? Or do you start from the other end of like, what is it that you can share with people? Or is it some kind of combination of the two? Well, it's definitely a combination of the two, but to put it simply, especially because we're talking to potential or current course creators, Think about the top 10 frequently asked questions in relation to the profession, the industry, the skill set of what your course is going to be. And of course, one of the number one questions then is that, well, that's in my course. I want people to go to my course. There's plenty of very beginner questions that you can put out there to the world that will lead them there. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but I don't want to be sold to when I first meet you. I want to be the one to make that decision. Well, if you're the person that's putting out free content, answering these questions, when I think about the person that I want to get coached from, whether it's one-on-one coaching or a course, I'm going to go to the person that's already been generous, that has proven to me they know the most. So putting out this small bite-sized pieces of content, I know is the best way, even if some of it is what's in your course. This is the thing. A lot of courses, and you tell me, John, a lot of courses are not just like 10 minutes long. They're, you know, an hour long, maybe two, three, four hours. Mm. You're going to fail if you just put out a, you know, one hour video on YouTube, if you've never done it before. So there's plenty of content that you can tease out and you can give little bite-sized pieces of without basically over promoting the stuff that's inside the course you want to sell. Yeah, I think you can give away pretty much everything that's in your course, you know, like. Well, then I'll tell you something that's funny, John, when you say that. I think about this all the time. Our book, YouTube Secrets, when we want to sell that book, we thought, you know what? Let's start a YouTube channel. We both, Sean and I already had our own individual YouTube channels. It's a book about YouTube. We should start a channel about it. We're going to interview creators. We're going to put our own stuff out there. Between all the interviews, it's all out there. You actually Mm. don't even need to read the book, but who's going to go through a whole library? The thing about a book or a course, it's put into a logical order. One of the, I'd say, downsides, but also it is just the way people are going when it comes to social media in general, but even on YouTube, it's all over the place. This Mm -hmm. thing called the algorithm is suggesting videos that we do want to watch, but also it's going to keep us on the platform. And it's not always the one topic. Rarely will you go to YouTube and you're going to see 100% cat videos on your feed. Because guess what? We're dynamic people. We've got different needs. So I can go to YouTube for 15 minutes and watch 10 different topics. And so when you have a course out there or a book, it's putting all those things into a logical order that's going to help in a way that no one video is going to do. Even if you've got all the content out there, like you just alluded to on YouTube. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. People really appreciate somebody having gone through, simplified it, made it take less time, made it organized, 
made it so you know you're definitely going through things in the right order and it's like people will totally pay money for that you know so i'm at the moment i'm going through a coaching program where i've listened to all the podcasts that the guy's done i've read all the content he's put together and it's nothing different but it's just we're going through it together and he's like holding me accountable on going through it and you know like we're answering questions about it and it's like it's all very well structured it's like yeah of course totally worth paying for yeah. Yeah. You know, that word accountability is probably Mm. the number one overlooked aspect of really any type of content creation on any platform, but especially YouTube. So I coach a lot of creators and these are seasoned videographers, people who have edited many, many times. YouTube, yes, it can be simple, but let's be real. There's a lot of competition on there. So you have to hold yourself accountable to compete against those people. And if you're already there, just hold yourself to that higher standard. If you're not there, guess what? You're going to have to learn some new skills. Hence why you would want to get a course, right? To level up rather than waiting a whole year of doing it on your own, go do something. So with YouTube, that is very important because people go halfway with content. Of course, everybody's got a life. You might be married. You might have kids. Maybe you have a day job, but you've got to know that if you put out a video that is going to be fifth best or the 10th best, you can't expect the the very best results. And so holding yourself accountable is so important, whether you're just starting out or especially when you're a seasoned creator, because you could be 90% of the way there and you think, oh, that's enough. But remember the best content creators on any platform, but especially YouTube, they're going all the way. They're going to Mm. the end zone. They're making sure everything is perfect. And I don't tell you that to scare you. I just want to wake you up to the reality of where YouTube is at. And so this is why I don't want to see anybody skipping steps. Yes, it's going to take you longer to get there. But the one difference on YouTube versus 2010 when I was first starting out, quality, quality, quality. You want to pursue the very best video for the person on the other side of that search query because that's what it's going to take to get their attention. Once you get that and you've got a library of content, the algorithm's going to help you do so much of the work. All right, you brought up the algorithm. How Can you give us any insights into how the algorithm works? I'm sure this is a bit of a black box, but can you help anybody at all? Yeah, I've actually talked to people that work at YouTube, people that manage the algorithm, and there's really no secrets there. Of course, our book being YouTube Secrets, there's no secret. There's really two things that the YouTube algorithm is trying to do. It's trying to find the right audience for your content. You know, even if you don't title it correctly, I'm sure you've seen this where you've uh, looked for something and the thumbnail doesn't even seem like it's obvious for that video, yet it's got a million views. That's the algorithm working for you to connect the right audience to your content. Second duty of the algorithm, keep you on the platform. That's all you need to know. So if you make the algorithm job easier by putting on the right title and creating a thumbnail, the image that shows up when people, when YouTube promotes your video, that gets people to click on it, the algorithm will just help you. There's a lot of creators that will put out a video and even seasoned creators and the video won't do well. Like sometimes it, it takes a week, sometimes it takes a year and then out of nowhere, it could just go viral. Well, that was the algorithm trying to find the right audience. And if you don't have subscribers right now, this is why it might like almost be painstakingly slow growth 
But one day, if you've got the right title, if you've created the thumbnail that's going to catch people's attention, and ultimately you made the best video you could possibly make, it's only a matter of time before people find you, especially if you know you're helping somebody. Nice. Okay. So let's say someone's gone through all of this, right? They've, they've decided they're making the YouTube channel. They have started to grow it. They've created great videos, great thumbnails, great titles. It's starting to take off. How do they now get people off of YouTube to go buy their course? What do you suggest? Well, I just think about the salesman in my life, right? How is it that I, they get me to call them when I need their services? It's because they've helped me a lot. So I'm thinking about the real estate agent, right? I have a local real estate agent that's helped me in a lot of my, you know, real estate questions with like, how much is my house worth? You know, what's the market like? So they've been doing that over the course of the last, you know, three or four years. And when I need to go sell one of my properties, I go right to them. So it's the same thing on YouTube. Be the person that's literally added so much value to this person's life, right? Obviously, you want to ask them to subscribe, maybe sign up for an email list, but be that go-to person for whatever that topic or niche you want to dominate in relation to your course. And when you do have that call to action at the end of your videos, which there's nothing wrong with doing that at the end of your videos, it's more likely that that person is going to remember you have a course. I don't think it's as hard as you think to sell a course on YouTube, even in the app. What I'm finding on many of the platforms is people are purchasing things in the app, right? Whether they have their Google wallet connected or PayPal, whatever it is. And so the key here is the same thing for video one as video 100. Continue to add value to someone's life. You know, drip that you have a course to go further with the content, but don't overly sell it. It's a numbers game, right? And you don't have to have a lot of numbers. Say you only have a hundred thousand views, but your course is a thousand dollars, right? I mean, you don't have to get a huge percentage for, for you to profit on your course. It's all about adding value to that one viewer, right? Over and over and over. And people are going to naturally want to click your link to your course in the description box as long as you do a call to action. I know what I just said wasn't mind blowing or rocket science there. There's no like weird, you know, uh, hack or strategy because it is really that simple. And again, ask yourself, how many times have you gone on YouTube and watched one video? And because that video was so helpful or informative, by the end of the video, you're purchasing something. I'm sure this happens a lot more with a consumer product, right? Whether it be an electronic, um, but I know it probably happens with cars. And you're talking about cars, right? You know, these are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and people are making buying decisions based off of what they see on YouTube. So you better believe they're going to buy your course if they feel like it's going to be the right value. But it's all about you adding the value up front to get them to buy your course later on. Beautiful. All right. What some of the places that you see people go wrong with this? What are the steps where people mess up? Number one, assuming you know what people want to watch on YouTube. And this is why you have to ask yourself, what is your own journey like? And look at the search results of what YouTube is showing you. 
if you just assume it and, you know, oftentimes people want to start a channel and so they're super focused and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to create content. So I'm going to create this content. I've got these 10 videos. I'm just going to do, I'm going to record it all. I'm going to edit it and that upload and nothing, right? Like barely any views. Maybe your, your family's watching, right? They're kind of curious what you're up to. Well, the mistake was you assume what other people want to watch. This is why I say literally do the research first by thinking about not only what do you watch, but say there's a search term related to what you do in your course, go look it up. Look at what other creators are making. So that's number one mistake. Second mistake, it relates to that word we talked about, accountability. Don't expect to get the best results if you're only willing to put in 50% of the work, right? Go 50% of the way. I'd rather see somebody work really hard to make two to three of the best videos they can make versus making 20 to 30 videos that nobody wants to watch. Now, you have to ask yourself where you're at in the process, obviously. Sometimes you need to make those 20 to 30 videos to make the two or three. But I believe a lot of uh, creators, um, including people that aren't creators, right? They just sell a course, probably either have enough skills to make those two or three high quality videos or can hire people to make those. Another kind of third mistake related to the second one is say you hire somebody to create content for you, right? You're in the videos, you're recording them, they're editing and posting. You have to hold them to a standard, not just like a creating content standard, but a YouTube standard because understanding the platform is as important as knowing how to shoot and edit. All of it flows together. And this is what, what I mean. If there's a disconnect between that person that uploads and titles and creates a thumbnail of that video on YouTube from the person that's shooting and editing you could have an amazing video, right? Have a lot of content, but if it's titled the wrong way or it doesn't have the right thumbnail to compete against the other great thumbnails out there, it's just going to be dead in the water. Now, you, like I said, the algorithm eventually might find that audience, but you don't want to leave it to chance. And so this is what I mean by hold yourself accountable and go all the way with it, even if it means it takes a little bit longer because that's the name of the game. With so many options on YouTube, you can't just be okay with the content, right? You have to be really proud. Now, I'm not going to guarantee that first video that you're really proud of is going to get a lot of views. But if you keep putting out videos that you're proud of and you're proud of, and you're going to start seeing those views tick up, you'll start seeing more comments. You're going to probably see more course sales sooner than later. Trust me. In a year from now, your life will look completely different because it'll have exponential growth, not only because of the algorithm, but just the nature of YouTube. It's a search engine. People are looking for you as an expert and you need to create the library because the other thing is every one of those videos is a hook in the sea, right? At first, you can only have one, two or three hooks. You know, my wife and I, we literally have 3,700 hooks in the sea right now, right? <laughs> uh, on my video influencers channel where I've interviewed other creators, we have hundreds of hooks. So you want to start planting those seeds and casting those hooks one by one and knowing that in the future, again, because these are quality hooks, right? That people want to bite on, that you're going to get people to your course. Beautiful. Okay. If people have heard all of this and they're like, right, Benji's my man. He knows what's going on. Where do they need to go to get some more wisdom from you? 
Well, number one, I do have my second edition of YouTube Secrets. Sean and I just released it earlier this year. So you can get that on Amazon or wherever you go to buy books. Uh, secondly, you can follow me on Twitter, Benjamin TV. Uh, I think you can put the link down below mm -hmm. uh, because I'm starting to do Twitter spaces where I literally do Q&A sessions. I will answer your questions. But the book is a great place. I have to say it is a bestseller, but it's a bestseller because it took Sean and I four years to write the first edition, another two years to write the second edition. And going back to like, we could put all the answers out there on YouTube videos, but we created a book that tells you the principles that will make you successful on the platform. But at the end of the day, disregard me or my book or me helping you start uploading content. If that means it's YouTube shorts, which is a TikTok version of YouTube, do it. Start putting out videos. Of course, you want to pursue quality, but you also want to start getting the experience needed to get that quality. And YouTube is more powerful than anybody can imagine. And even in the midst of maybe you struggling or it's snail pace views, one day, one of those video will pop off. And if you've got a library of content, it's game over. Beautiful. Love it. All right. So YouTube secrets on Amazon or wherever you get your books from Twitter, twitter.com slash Benji man TV. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. Benji, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time, sharing your wisdom with everybody, helping everyone know how to crush it on YouTube. My pleasure. Thank you, John.